Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I am so excited, super totally excited to be here. Um, And when I say here, I have been on vacation for two weeks. Thank God for technology. Thank God for working ahead that you guys didn't miss an episode of Conversations with Toy. Now, if this is your first time, meaning you have never, ever, 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 ever tuned into an episode of Conversations with Toy. Listen, I get it but welcome. Get comfortable. I hope that you are working out if that's what you're doing or folding your laundry, whatever that you're doing, get comfortable because we love, love, love to take you on a journey. Now, Conversations with Toy is all about having the conversations about life, really. We talk about mental health. We talk about self-care. We talk about all the things in between. Sometimes we hit these internet streets and talk about what's happening all around the world. So thank you for tuning in. We are so grateful to have you. We are excited to get into this episode because, again, I've been away for two weeks. Now, just because I pre-recorded the episodes while I was gone, it doesn't have the same effect when I'm not exactly on vacation. Oftentimes, when I am not on vacation, I get to interact with the episodes. So as soon as they drop, I'm able to interact on Twitter or social media. And I wasn't really fully engaging as I would love to have been. But again, that's the whole purpose of vacation, right? To disconnect so that you can connect with your loved ones. We had an amazing time. If you haven't caught up, we were uh, in Vegas with my husband. I will, I should say I <laughs> was in Vegas with my husband. We did not take our children. Um, then we came back and had a little family vacation. And overall, for the past two weeks, it's just been complete bliss. Uh, Nothing but suntans and getting in the sun and getting in the pool. Nothing but not cooking. Listen, for those who have families. Now, everybody don't have no family. You might not want to have a family. This is not an advocacy for, you know, for you to have a family, throw yourself in the family way. We're not talking about those things. What I'm saying is if you do have a family and you're doing the whole cooking every day and you're doing the whole cleaning all the time, listen, To have a two-week break of not having to cook, putting a dinner together, putting breakfast together, all the things, it is a blessing to not have to do those things. So for instance, if I had just went on vacation and we just ate out for two weeks, I don't know if I would like it all that way, but I would be grateful for the time, you know, not having to do those things. So that is what was happening in my world for these past two weeks. And there was a lot, there was a lot that happened that, you know, we want to talk about. So I do want to get into uh, Will Smith and his apology and some of the things that I've read on the internet. For instance, he made his apology. He stated that he had contacted uh, Chris, but he wasn't able to get in contact with him or that Chris is not interested in a conversation. There was a lot of comments. So for instance, a lot of people were like, yes, Will, you know, thank you for being, you know, for apologizing, blah, blah, blah. And then there were those who were saying that Will's not doing enough. So let's have a conversation about what forgiveness 
does and what forgiveness is for and what it does for the individual as well as the person who was on the receiving end should they receive it or not first of all will did was not okay slapping chris for the comments made about his wife we could literally argue the comments back and forth about was he entitled to do it you know or no he wasn't entitled to do it but we can understand there's all kind of different arguments will was wrong right and in that wrongness he's one accepted the wrongness and he's made his apologies and he's done all the things that he can do regardless if he's done it in the timeline that you or I or whomever would love to receive it right and so now that he's done that he's answered the bulk of the the bigger questions that people had so many people were like he should do more I really don't know what else more he could do the ball now is in Chris's court to do or to not do like Chris doesn't have to forgive him. He has to, he could just choose to never forgive him. Chris could also forgive him and then say, listen, I forgive you, but I love you from afar. Meaning we don't have to sit up underneath each other's tables. We don't have to interact for the TV or the cameras. We don't have to put on a facade. Right. And then there's the part of, okay, now we're going to reconcile and get our relationship. If they've had one prior to this, we can try to get our relationship on track. Those are three different things that could happen. But one thing that forgiveness does, it helps you. It cleanses you. It gets you together. It does all the things for yourself. And people want to make forgiveness a situation where it extends out to other people. So that means that although Will has asked Chris to forgive him and he's not ready to have that conversation or he may not ever be ready to have that conversation, this is for Will. This is going to clean and clear Will. And as long as Will is doing the work internally to get whatever those issues that led up to that hit, you know, whether that's with Jada, whether that's with himself, whatever those issues are, that is the journey of forgiveness. It doesn't clear. It doesn't really move or do anything to the other person. It may give them closure It make them feel good that somebody, you know, at least apologize. It, it can do those things, but forgiveness is a personal journey. And the reason why I say that is because do you know how many people who have long gone, who have transitioned from this world, who are unfortunately in the ground, who have been buried, who have passed on, who have died, and they still have a hold, a grip on someone who is not willing to forgive, who is alive and well. So that means there is somebody that is, have gone on, they have transitioned and the people who are here to carry on life there are people who are still upset, still afraid about the forgiveness or the sorry that they never received. There are people who have these grips on people who are not even alive. They can't breathe. They're not here. And they have a total grip. They run their entire lives on being angry and upset because this person who has gone on didn't, you know, say sorry or whatever the case may be. And this is why forgiveness is a personal journey. Because you can literally give power to something and someone who is not here or can make a finite decision for your life, who cannot move a mountain left or right for you. This is why forgiveness is good for you. It helps you to move on. It helps you to get clarity. It helps you to become a better person if you do the work. Now, simply saying sorry does not do it right saying sorry and then just be like you know my kids we we have these conversations all the time i don't force my kids to forgive one another when they're in their little spats and the reason why is that i am trying to teach them that simply saying sorry or the acceptance of a sorry is just not enough it's about your actions so for instance if you have a child that is always taking something from some other child in my house i'm just as my example 
and they say, oh, I'm so sorry because they basically got caught. Making my child forgive them isn't the best way to teach them that they need to just forgive and forget and move on. What I tell them is like, listen, you go by that person's actions. That person says sorry, but they're continuously doing something. And maybe the, the taking of something out of somebody's room isn't a good example. But the principle of it is, is that I want them to be in a place of forgiveness. I, I teach them and tell them that forgiveness is for them and show them examples of, for instance, when a sibling doesn't exactly say, you know, that they've forgiven them or they doesn't, they don't accept their apology or those different things. These are real responses that unfortunately we tell our kids, for instance, when they're younger to just, you know, just say sorry, just say sorry. But oftentimes, is it real? Are they willing to do the work to, to change the behavior? Because I've told my kids, no matter if it's me or their father or whoever they have around you, the best apology is change behavior. So if you get into a situation where you keep seeing patterns by people and their behavior doesn't change and they're still doing certain things, they're still saying certain things, they still have the same malice and intent, you can't just accept that, you know, that's just who they are. Like we talk about those things. Now, people hearing this may say, that's not the way to teach children. You're supposed to teach them to forgive and move on. The reality of it is, is that just to me does not feel real and authentic. That doesn't feel real and authentic to tell them, well, you know, that's just so-and-so. I don't even teach my kids that with adults that they have in their life. So that means beyond me and their father, which I do include us as well. But I mean, like grandparents and aunts and uncles, we don't just act as if the behavior that they're doing or the things that they're saying or the way that they're moving is justified and it's okay just because they're title. Like if I had my parents, for instance, were doing something to my grand to my children, their grandkids, and my kids express that as the adult, I would take the control of obviously meeting the, the parents and having the conversation with my parents or whomever. But I also tell my kids, listen, they, you know, they've apologized. It's up to you to accept it or not. But in the same token, look at the pattern. Are they always not coming through? Are they always not supportive? Are they always not doing this? Can you depend on them when you have big things in your life? Are they there? Are they there to support? Not just in a phone call, not in just social media, but are they, are they present? Because showing up is the way that you show people in general, but especially kids, if you are involved enough, right? Can you count on them? Those are the things that we talk about because again, forgiveness doesn't, it's not just for the other person, it's, it's for you. So to Will, to Chris, it's their journey. Like us having these think pieces and all this other stuff, you know, let's apply that to our own lives. As much as everybody has these thoughts about what Chris should be doing, the things that Will should be doing in the situation, ask yourself, what are you doing to extend all of these things that you want Chris and Will to do? Where are you extending that into your own life? Because that, that's the catch, right? That, that's the key. So, of course, that was one of the topics that I heard or was listening to or watching while I was on vacation. Because, you know, when you're on vacation, you know, a lot of times when I'm on my phone now, it's for work purposes, meaning it's out for content. It's literally mostly 90 percent of it is content related. You know, when you go from one platform to another, people think that it's just an easy, quick and switch. It takes a lot of time to put content from one section to a different to a different one. And so oftentimes I'm consumed if I am on my phone for that 
you know, that purpose. When you're on vacation, you get to mellow out. You get to read a book or listen to an audible. I listened to podcasts while I was gone. You know, you get to veg out. You get to see things on social media that you don't normally get to see. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, when I heard the whole video or watched a video with Will Smith, I was like, of course, it would happen while I was on vacation. So of course I knew I was like, that. I got to talk about that because we talk about Will often or we talked about, covered the whole topic with him and Chris. So I had to come back and give that big follow-up about what it is that he said. And again, nobody knows for sure what's going to happen for the future, but the the conversation has been had. He has attempted to do his part. If Chris's mother doesn't forgive him, if Chris's brother, uh, Tony Rock, doesn't forgive him, all these other factors are between them. And now it's no longer a need for everybody to put their little, you know, he doesn't, in my opinion, just need to come back and do a public forum and all of the other the, just different things. You know, again, take what's for you out of that situation. And I'm always a huge believer of, like, again, taking things that happen and applying it back because that's the thing. Let's apply it back to our lives. How can we become better and do all the different things? So that's what I'm about. So now that we're moving on from that, vacation was amazing, like I said. But let me just say for parents, for my parents, and for those who do have or will have children. Now, I'm not saying that vacation with your kids isn't fun. I'm not saying that. So hear me very clearly. But vacation with kids becomes an outing because it's not the same level of relaxation when me, like when my husband and I, we went away for our 10th wedding anniversary. We were in Vegas and we were having our fun and we were relaxing with not, you know, not without the children responsibilities, but we weren't having to cook and making sure they were okay. You know, you can't stop and, you know, let's not go to the pool just yet because, you know, one of the kids is having a stomach ache or somebody has to get taken back to the room or it's not all of those dramatic. So vacation for just a, the adult vacation that we did was a pure vacation. That is when I got the most rest, took my most naps. Um, that's when I was able to eat the most food because I was able to then not have to share it. And then, you know, because you're in Vegas, there's nothing but pure drinking. You know, I was able to drink without having to think about, okay, I have to get up in the morning and take a kid this place and that place. So that is vacation for me. When I go on vacation with the family, me and my husband, we always talk about this, but vacation with our kids is a lot of fun, right? There's a lot of splish splashing in the pool. There's a lot of activities to be done. There's a lot of running around. There is a lot, but in this midst of it being a lot, it's more responsibility. It's not as relaxing as possible. There are relaxing moments, like when all the kids are, you know, in your presence and they're swimming, but they're all in your presence. So you can get to them at any given moment, which is why we usually try to pick a spot at the pool that gives us the maximum coverage because they're getting a little older. They, we don't have to be on them as they were when they were babies. So it is as a little bit more relaxing, but again, as parents, it's, it's another outing. So you have to then be aware you have to be on your, you know, you can't just be on a relaxed mode as we were. So shout out to those who have been able to take their families out and about. Um, whether you took them to a day trip, you took them out of the house, you got them into a different scenery. It's a blessing to be able to do that. Not everybody can. Um, it's a privilege to even say that, oh, we took two vacations or we've been on vacation for two weeks. So I don't despise that that's the case. But if you can get away, because school is starting soon, um, at least for here in, in, in Philly, and our kids go to a private school. So, of course, their school starts in August. Um, some of the schools are going back in September. Some schools, like, like in the South, have already started. So I pray that whoever is listening and you have kids who are starting or about to start, that you have a successful school year that is blessed, that it is safe. And I say safe because we all know that these last few years have been the most, you know, ladled with violence and heartbreak for parents and for children and for lives that have been taken way too soon 
because of the acts of violence of other people. So I hope that our kids can go through another school year without the threat of violence, without the guns being in school, without someone being injured. All of these things matter. And for every parent that are coming together, whether you, whatever your religious beliefs are, it is okay. It is whatever it is, but to come together in the hopes and beliefs that again, that we can put some type of covering over our children when we leave when they leave our presence you should put some type of covering over them uh, whether you pray whether you meditate whatever you do it should be something that you pray over your children to a certain extent that they have a covering over them when they're not when they're not around you I never realized how important that was because I used to watch my parents you know pray over us or do things like that I never realized how important it was for that to be a natural uh, part of your life to be a natural part of what you do until I had children and of course once you have kids you realize it even more just how um, how much more you should be aware but let's get into today's episode we have uh, an amazing group we have the William Hart's New Delphonics um, they are here today, and this is a special treat because this particular group also has my personal actual brother who is in the group. He is not the only one in the group, okay? He is not the only one in the group, um, but they also go by Doobie X and Neezy, and they are three young men who come from three different backgrounds who have a gospel influence. They are amazing in every way, and what I love about it is that, especially with watching my personal brother who again, um, who I know has grown up in his gospel influences, has been singing his entire life. My whole entire family um, is very musically and talented. Um, my mother was a choir director. My father played the drums. You know, I sing, my sister, she sang with us. So the, our whole entire family and extended family members are singers. But this group is amazing in every way. All of them have pure talent on their own. Do you understand? They can sing, hold notes, and they can really do circles on their own. So bringing them together has been dynamic. But these three uh, gospel vocalists have been influenced by sounds like Drew Hill, 112, Jacket Edge, and Chris Brown and Tank. They came together in 2022, revival of that classic R&B sound that makes everyone want to get out of their seats and groove. The group put out their first single, Whatever I've Got to Do, which came out in May of 2022, and most recently their debut single, Forever, which just released in July of 2022. Within the first month of going live on Spotify, they have managed to surpass the 10K monthly listeners mark on Spotify, completely independent, meaning they have no one backing them. They're doing this on their own. Their new single, Forever, has been on the radio multiple times as well. The dynamic trio is currently on tour as the William Hart's new Delphonics. So for my old school listeners who know anything about old school music, this is William Hart Poojee's group that he blessed before his passing called the New Delphonics. He, they have been working extremely hard with him and as well as just having the backing and the blessings of him. Again, this was before his passing and they are amazing. So let's give it up for them and welcome them to the Conversations with Toy Family and let's take it away. All right, Conversations with Toy Family. We're so grateful to be here with another, another episode. We have an actual special treat. I consider this huge, huge treat to be interviewing this particular group. I have a personal connection to this particular group. However, regardless of the personal connection, I want you to just lean in to listen to one, where they've been, where they're going and what they're trying to do. And without any further ado, I'm gonna allow them to introduce themselves. Take it away, guys. 
So what's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Xavier Allen. Um, as you may know, the younger brother or the youngest brother of my two sisters. Um, the one who is speaking now, Ms. Latoya Guinness. I brought my fellows with me, um, my boy in the hall, Nizi Andrews and Anthony Gibby Dorn. Um, and together we are two different entities. It's the uh, biggest one is the New Delphines and the up and coming one is uh, Do the X-Men. So there's two groups within the one. So you're the new Delphonics, and then say the last part for me one more time. Um, it's the the second group is the up and coming group that we're working on, working pretty hard on is uh, UBX and Easy. UBX and Easy. I mean, that's like a little smush of y'all name. You think you're gonna keep that name, or y'all gonna switch it to something different? I'm not sure. We talked. We we recently talked about it, but we're not really sure yet. So we might have to go back to the drawing board on that. Okay. I mean, I'm okay with it, but I mean, you may change it later on. So if you guys hear that they've changed your name, don't come at me. That's something that they've put on line that they may change. But right now you guys are extremely three talented on your own, amazing singers on your own. Um, I've heard all three of your voices and because I listen to your music, I can pretty much decipher all three of your voices separately. Um, I feel like, because if you don't know, my brother is a part of this group and um, I feel like Hearing his voice and then having you two voices makes his voice and all of your voices sound extremely different from what I've grown up to hear. Um, there's times when you guys take it low, you take it high, you guys can pretty much cover all the ranges when it comes to your music. What's been all three of yours collectively or individually, your musical influences? Uh, I have to say for me, it's, it, I mean, I grew up in church, so my mom was like probably my biggest influence when it came to music. I didn't even really want to sing, to be honest. I wanted to, I wanted to be a musician. I just wanted to play, you know, keys and the drums and the guitar. But, uh, you know, when you're in church, you grow up in that situation, you ain't got no choice but to be there and sing because she said so. So, uh, I mean, I'm glad she made me because now, you know, I take advantage of the situation now. But now you're him. That was, you know, I'm thankful for the situation as I got older. So listen to all the PKs that are listening. Listen, I feel like the Bible says that your gift won't make room for yourself and it will. And if mama has anything to do with it, she going to push that gift because I don't know what everybody else's music influence, but I know for me starting off singing was from the church and it didn't matter if you wanted to sing, if you like to sing, your tail got up there and you sang. Um, and for me and for Xavier, uh, we didn't have a choice. My mother was the choir director. So, uh, and my dad played the drums. So it wasn't really optional. It was show up and do what I told you to do. Cause that's what you did. And we also had to learn them notes. We knew those notes inside out were backwards and frontwards way before the choir did, because we had to learn it before she brought it to the choir. So I'm sorry to all the PKs that have gone through this, but it is part of our life. Your boss me around. Yeah. To this day. I felt the effects of that a couple weeks ago, so I know, I know he's being accurate, <laughs> yeah. for sure. And Nahal, what is your musical influence? Same, like I, I'm a PK, so I grew up in church. Um, same, my, my mom was a choir director too, so like that, I definitely didn't know that. I found that out just now about them. Both <laughs> of their moms were choir directors. So mm -hmm. that's, um, and then just being a PK, like, you just have to kind of fill in wherever the need arises. That's why I'm like a last minute person because wherever they needed me on a Sunday morning, if someone didn't show up or something didn't happen, like that's where you ended up serving. Even if that wasn't where you felt comfortable. And I feel like that's where like 
the growth happened for me as a musician is just helping out in places where I wasn't comfortable helping out in or being around those situations that constantly pushed me to, to grow from, you know? So, um, yeah, biggest musical influences for me, I'm going to have to say top five, like tank, uh, definitely tank, uh, definitely usher. I'm judging you. So go ahead, carry on. Definitely tank usher, definitely Chris Brown, definitely, uh, Michael Jackson, and uh, five is probably going to be uh, Fred Hammond. I'm, I'm liking you a little bit more, Noha. I'm liking you a little bit more because all the artists that you said, I am a fan of. Um, I don't know if I would have put Tank number one. I'm not going to judge your Tank being number one. Oh. So I'm not going to judge Tank being your number <laughs> one, <laughs> even though he's very much high on my personal list. Yeah, talking about the bishop. Yeah, I'm, I'm listen I'm just telling you so I'm not going to put tank number one but I'm not going to dispute your list because your list is a solid list because Fred Hammond I feel like if you don't know who Fred Hammond is and you are a singer and you call yourself a PK don't even use the title anymore like don't even use it that's like not knowing who John P. Key is it's not it's like not knowing who the greats are it's like how can you call yourselves this because this is the age in which I know my mom had us learn don't even call yourself a PK if you don't know anybody that we're just saying you don't know just don't even call yourself a PK at this point and if you don't know what a PK that is a preacher's kid so we all come from some type of a gospel background church background where um, again singing is life life is singing and musicianship is very 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 real um, so what you guys are considered the, or called the, is it the new Dolphonics what is the title of your group yeah, so it's it's William Hart's new Delphonics. Um, How does that feel? Because the Delphonics, now <laughs> I'm 41, hmm. and my parents <laughs> grew up listening to the Delphonics. How does that feel for you guys? Being that you guys, I'm assuming, are you all in your 30s? Yeah, I don't know. not not him. No, how old are you? I'm 25. Oh, you a baby. That's what they all say. That's what they all say. A whole baby and you got this big group with this big sound. How does that feel? Like, how does this feel to take on this new sound? I mean, because again, we're talking about the phonics is huge. You, I mean, if you know any old school parent, whether they love Jesus or not, they know who the Delphonics are. So for you to take on this, this new uh, journey, how does that feel for you? Right. I mean, if I, if I would say something, I would say growing up, my grandma and my grandfather were both really really big Delphonic fans so like when I got a situation brought to me from these guys um when I had sent the message to my grandfather he called me right away he don't usually call me he'll respond he called me right away he was like oh when you, when you going on like when, when you doing this when you doing that he was so excited because it's like wow like these are the guys I used to listen to he used to, he used to mimic singing like them all he still has this high high falsetto voice the way he sings so it was just kind of a crazy situation, like seeing how we grew up listening to these songs um, from just from movies or soundtracks, whatever it was. And then now to meet these guys and, you know, him giving us his blessing to take on a legacy is, is crazy. It's a crazy situation. That's major. Um, but I want to hear from the other two, like Xavier and Nahal. How do you feel? Like this is a huge, 
undertaking because you're going to have some old people who may not feel like you guys are old enough to feel the music enough to, to really stand in that. And then you have some of the new people who are just like the Delphonics who, of which I need you, listen, if you're listening to music and you call yourself a music connoisseur, I need you to open up your mindset to different musical sounds. Cause a lot of the musical sounds that you're hearing now are a lot of them have been sampled heavily sampled from some of the old school sounds that you should really know, like this whole Beyonce thing with all the sampling, people should automatically know who their sounds are coming from because a lot of times we don't give credit to the older generation that have already paved the way. So again, I go back to the same question. How does that make you sound or make you feel that you're bringing on this huge group in this sound? Um, I think for me, it's a, it's a good thing, um, but it's also work. Think because because of the legacy they built and the amount of time that they put in the work that they put in it's kind of like it's an understatement that we have to kind of put that same effort and time and train of thought into it um, it, it was it was crazy like uh, like doobie said um my grandfather uh the moment he found out he was um he didn't talk so my grandfather like he doesn't like he, he's not a talker like my parents are my dad's not a talker my grandfather's not a talker it's like a generational thing your dad's a talker. We have the same dad. Not as much of a talker. Hello, can you hear us? I can hear you. So he's not as much of a talker as my, my grandfather is, but my grandfather like took me aside the one day um, and was just like, hey boy, you know, I used to know Fuji. I used to know those guys. Like that's a major thing. And my father was like, hey, man, you know, that's that's great. Like, that's crazy that you that you have this opportunity to take it and run with it. So I think just based on the two, like, like the two, like, influential, most influential guys in my life to tell me that, they had to be, like, they had to be big. They had to be bigger than I ever thought they were. Um, and so I think for me, it's just, it's a good thing, but it's also pressure, if I'm being honest. Like, it's also pressure because it's like you have to kind of live up to that you know, that villain. So. Naha, and your thoughts of how that, you know, taking on that undertaking, how does that feel for you? So because I'm the youngest in the group, I always get looked at funny. Because mm -hmm. baby. Why are you here? Why are you doing this? <laughs> like what, like who did you pay to get this gig? I'm like, listen, <laughs> so honestly, it's about, and it's about like, actually for me, like Doobie always said this from the first time I met him, it's like taking advantage of an opportunity that has been presented to you and making the most out of every situation. And me being a first generation immigrant, I'm the first person in my family per se, like maybe even from my, from that part of my country where I come from, that is able to st stand on a stage and sing with legendary timeless groups like the stylistics, um, you know, the emotions. Some of these people are original members that sang on Soul Train. And for people that know music, like, it's just like, I don't know, words can't describe the f emotions that I feel when, when, you know, when Mr. William Hart calls Doobie and says, you know, or calls the three of us to his house and says, you know, I want y'all to be the continuation of my life legacy. And it's just like, to me, it's surreal because I... I'm this young, like I have the rest of my life to, to really do this, you know? So yeah, we don't have the rest of ours. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> 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 so, 
<laughs> I'm on foot in the grid. Right. <laughs> all trying to kill us all. Quit. Oh, Lord. Crazy. So that brings me to my next question of what you feel the status of R&B music is, because we're talking about R&B, we're talking about soul. Um, they're kind of like infused and there's a lot of debate. There's a lot of debate on the status of R&B. A lot of people say that um, R&B, as we have known it growing up, like the old school sounds has changed dramatically to the point where they feel like it doesn't exist. And you guys are young, you know, Doobie being the youngest. I mean, not Doobie, but Nahal being the youngest. And you're going into you guys, Xavier and Doobie, who are in your 30s. You guys have been around music a little longer than Nahal, but then you guys come together and you're you're sounding like I've listened to you. You guys have a lot of the, the soundings of of the Gaphonics and the, the groups that have come before you. So what is the, the status of R&B music to you? Oof, that's a loaded question. R&B, it's sad to say, but it's taking a turn towards pop almost. Right. Like yeah, a true R&B doesn't really get appreciated. It's more underground now. Right. And you'll get a few artists that still give you that, like Tank, as we said earlier. Yeah. Sir, uh, Bishop. Chris Brown is considered R&B, but he's not, he don't really do that many wow. songs anymore. We're going to do that right now? No, Chris, I mean, he used to do a lot of R&B, like heavy he's R&B songs, more but now he does a lot more pop stuff because that's where the money's at. Radio play, and so I get why they're doing it, but they don't, they don't, it's not the same vibe, like the whole Jagged Edge, he's 112. Like Nahal that. is like chomping at the bit to come at you about your, your, your description, but I don't think you're lying, but go ahead. I bring Chris Brown up, he better than, you know what I mean? Right. But it, it's just what it is, the truth. Exactly. So like, you know how when music is, everything always comes back around at some point. Right? Mm-hmm. So I just, Bars and Anderson Pack, what they're doing, it's a beautiful wave that they're into now. Like they're bringing back that whole 70s vibe, even the clothes, the, the sound, the music transitions. So like, hopefully it's it's turning back to that wave till we get back into that. Um, But yeah, they, they consider everything R&B now if you just sing a little bit. Yeah. Right. If you just have a little bit of melody, they consider it R&B, but it's actually not. A lot of it is a lot of pop culture and pop influence. Now, Nahal, before you come at me or come at Doobie, because y'all sit next to each other, you're not sitting next to me. Uh, I do love Chris Brown. I think he's an amazing performer. I think he's one of the best performers of this time. Um, but I will say when you're talking about just that old school raspy sing to your girl, get the draws, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Chris Brown has that effect. However, just doesn't have that longevity of that old school raspy sound. He's not. So I think like to piggyback off of what Doobie was saying, um, how everything kind of loops back around. I think R&B is starting to come back, but I think it's starting to come back on the more female side of things. Like you've got Jasmine Sullivan, yeah. like you've got her, her. you've got um, Ella May, like you've got these people that are singing R&B, but it's more, more females are being, which is a good thing. I think females deserve their shine um, in the R&B scene because for, for a while um, it was mainly it was a male-dominated like genre. So now mm-hmm. that girls are getting their, their their shine, it's a good thing so that like everybody can eat off of it. But I think you got guys like Lucky Day um, who are making songs like who are making more R&B-based songs. Um, that's actually like that's you know doing well in, in on charts and things like that, I think. So I think it's starting to slowly kind of shift back into it. And like you said, Bruno Mars and his Pack Yourself Sonic kind of slowly shifting that like R&B feel back into the world a little bit. And with real live music, right? Right, live instruments. That means something. 
because anybody can sing over uh, auto-tune and a synthesizer and all the other things, but to take it back to where music and music for real, live music, that's where I'm at. Nahal, what do you feel? Um, can you repeat the question again? <laughs> no problem. So what is your thoughts about the state of R&B? Like yeah, where it is right now? Just to go off of what they both said is right now, um, we're in such a sample driven market right now where everything is sampled. Like you said, initially, a lot of these sounds like I was ignorant because when I even got the call for the Delphonics, I was like, oh, wow, are you going to love me? Like Tiana Taylor's song, when we put it, when I put two and two together, it shocked me because as a youngster, I did not know originally that that was a Delphonic song. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, being around these two guys has really exposed me to like true R&B is what I would say. Like before I met him, yeah, I was listening to like, like LMA, all these like mainstream R&B artists, but they're talking about people like Drew Hill, 112, like, like people that are like older original R&B artists, Donnell Jones, all these guys. So for me right now, the direction that I feel R&B music is going in, especially I don't think it's going in a good direction. That's why I think the three of us are trying to rewrite that sound, like what our idea of that sound is, which is why even if you listen to one of our songs, whatever you, uh, whatever I've got to do, it's such a like, it's such, it's bringing back such an old school R&B sound. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I like about being around them is they take all these influences and we're able to put it together and mash it in this crazy fusion of just bringing all these old school, new school, you know, young, like all these people together um, to kind of just like write some hits. Like, and that's what these guys do. They write hits. So I'm just- But who are the writers? Who are the writers? Do you guys have a team? Are you got like, who's the writers on this on this squad? All three, right. All three of us. Yeah. And are you drawn from your own personal experiences? Definitely. Yeah. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes I, I a lot of times I've, I've always written from things I've seen. Okay. So even not my own personal life, my own personal experience, but like- You know, somebody's gonna be like, well, which song was that? So I can go back and hear it. Like, yeah, cause the worst I hear when people are like, oh, did you write that for her or this girl? Like, nah, it's just, this is what yeah. I feel, this is what I see, this is how I envision this situation going. Yeah, so, yeah. I think for whatever I gotta do, I didn't write that about my situation. I wrote that about one of my very best friends who was going through, uh, what I wrote about at that moment. And I told him, and he was like, he listened to it and he was like, yo, like I was actually really feeling that way like just a few weeks ago. And it was just like, I just saw him in that space. So I was just like, all right, cool. this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna write this down and see where it goes. And the moment I thought about it, I just kind of put pen to paper and that was it. So. Now, like R&B Kings, as you guys are moving very fast into, you guys are now performing. I've seen that you guys have had some performances. How do you guys balance your now, your actual lives with the performing life of you? Because performance life is different than home life. So how do you go from home life to performance life and then back home again? I mean, for me, um, I really feel like this is what, like, you, you spend your whole life dreaming and imagining, oh, I wish this is what my life could be. Oh, I wish, oh, I wish, oh, I wish. And now finally it's happening. So for me, uh, if anything, I'm grateful that it's happening, but it has taken a toll on figuring out that the time and like the time management aspect of it, which is huge, is like basically budgeting 
all these hours ahead of time to prepare for that time on the road. Like we all work full-time jobs. So we have to like communicate with our, with our jobs before we leave. Like, this is what's happening. We, we're not going to be here for such and such days. So just like a lot of backend planning and like sitting down the three of us together, discussing things. And one of the really big factors of our success, I think the direction that we're moving in is we have a great manager and like yesterday, she literally put down all our dates for the next two months in a text message and sent it to us. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. So having that aspect taken care of for us as an artist, finally, now not having to deal with a lot of that stuff, her really doing all the paperwork aspect of things. That's like huge, like from uh, just coming up, you know, in the music scene. So I would say just a lot of time commitment and just back end work to get to that spot, really. And Xavier and Doobie, if I'm not correct, I know Xavier's married. Doobie, are you, you're married, correct? Absolutely. All right. I see the hand. Y'all can't see his hand. We're doing our little, you know, <laughs> hand thing. Um, so how do you two, because I know Naha, I believe you're single. Yeah, hella. Hella single. <laughs> that sounds, it sounds like he's trying to make this podcast into a little dating thing. We're not going there, but he is single. Uh, I'll be in later, too. <laughs> right. He's, he's single. Ready to mingle, but we have uh, Xavier or X and Doobie. You guys are very much married. How do you guys handle all of that coming back and forth? Well, I, I mean, for me, as far as you know, the transition with everything, this guy's hilarious. <laughs> see me a melanin. Oh. What you talking about? <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, anyway um, for me, it's honestly it's an easy transition because, like you just said, I'm married, so like I got a stronger support system. Like when I have to be somewhere. Um, if she can't come with me, she she can hold it down for me back home, like make sure everything's good. So I don't really have to worry about too much. My job is really lenient with me with everything I do. So um, it's just a matter of getting to the place. I feel like that's the toughest part. <laughs> yeah. being the, travel, the, travel. the actual travel, right? The actual yeah. travel. The part, just like the, the actual getting there. I did not ask for any road stories. I didn't ask you to tell me the roads in the halls. Like, I'm witnessing. No, I didn't ask for no road stories. As far as like my regular life and like performing life, it's like a lot of times I have like two different sides to me. Like I have this really calm, won't say nothing, leave me alone energy. And I don't mean I'm not being mean. I'm just it just happens. When I do on stage, it's like a it's like my safe place. So like I get up there and I act crazy, and I get off stage and I'm like, leave me alone. I don't want to do nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, you know, that's, that's my situation. Um, I think for me, um, to answer the question, I think for me, it's, this is still really new for me. Um, not, not the performing aspect of it, but kind of the at home aspect of it. So I'm still in the process of learning how to balance out, um, how to be home when I'm home and how to turn my brain off for the music. Um, I, I'm still kind of learning that because even before this, it was, I was always music. I was always like, there was, I've, I've been performing as long as these guys have been, I've been performing. Um, and so every time that I would have a performance that whole week, I would be focused on that performance. And so it's a bit different now that I have that, that we're doing, like this traveling and stuff. And so for me to come home like from another state after being on stage, um, it's, it's kind of, I'm still learning of how to be like Xavier and not X. Or like, you know what I mean? Um, but 
think like like Nahal said, it's it's a little easier because we have management. We have great management. So it's just like she kind of takes care of all that stuff. Shout out to writer. Shout, Shout out, out to writer. <laughs> Shout out to writer. All right. So recently, unfortunately, um, there has been a dramatic uh, loss with the Delphonics. Uh, William Puji Hart passed away um, July, uh, was it 20, the, the 14th, July 14th. How has that impacted your group? Because I believe, wasn't he the one that kind of made you guys and brought you in and gave you the blessing? So how does that, how does that marinate with you guys now that he's not here? Well, uh, I will say he, he was very influential as far as making sure we were next. Um, there was another group, well, a few groups actually, that was like doing a lot of the shows prior to us and while we started, you know, doing this stuff. And before he had passed, apparently a guy named Mike Washington, who actually is the road manager that takes care of stuff for us, he um he told us that Pooji had, well, we, we called him Pooji, I'm sorry. Mr. Pooji, Hart, we him, he's known as Pooji, let's call him Pooji. He had uh, set everything up to make sure that we, like, we were the ones taking over stuff. Like, we didn't even know he did that. So, like, it was just kind of like a blessing, like, wow, like, even though on his last days, like, he made sure stuff was lined up for us to be next to handle things. And for me, that was big. Like that was big to me because we wasn't sure where things were going to go because we were in the middle of, of like, what's, what's about to happen next? Yeah. Or where are we going? Or who's doing what? Yeah. So we was kind of lost on what was going to happen. We didn't know stuff's going to get blown up. You know how stuff gets when people pass away. Mm -hmm. So we wasn't sure, but then uh, we got confirmation that his, his wife gave confirmation that, you know, this is what he wanted. So I'm just I'm just happy for the fact that we pleased him enough to yeah. even secure that spot. So I think I'm glad to hear that. So I think I think for if I can I can kind of speak from my perspective of it. Um, Puji for us became he at first he was like a mentor, like he was just kind of taking us under his wing, kind of showing us like the ropes and how he how he maneuvered throughout the industry. Um, I think. Just kind of talking to Puji and being around Mike Washington, who uh, was the man, road manager for us, and for them, um, it's just it became such a relationship that like it was more family. Um, it was kind of sad that we didn't get a chance to be around him as much, um, but like he would he would invite us to things like, hey guys, just come up and you know let's grill, uh, like just throw some burgers on the grill. You guys can go swimming in the pool, and it was just those types of those types of interactions with him that made him more family, like start to become more family. I think if, if he could have been around for longer, we would have been probably, we would have started to feel like his grandkids, um, almost. Like we were his grandkids who were just taking over the family business. And so I think that's kind of where it was headed. It's sad that we didn't get a chance to get to that point, but I think um, if, if, we, if we had the opportunity, it would have been family. So what's on the horizon for you guys? I know you guys have some shows or some things that are coming up. What's on the horizon for you? For us, um, I mean, we got a lot of events coming up um, here. This ne these next couple of months are kind of crucial um, to kind of carrying on that legacy that Puji left. So we had the opportunity to, you know, attend his funeral, but we didn't get to, you know, do any, any, any major performance at his funeral. So um, our next 
Delphonics related one is a we're performing at we'll we'll be performing at his memorial service here coming up. Um, and then um, Doobie X Neasy related, we're gonna be having our show uh, in York, Pennsylvania on September 3rd, where we are actually um, the one of the main openers for uh, Donnell Jones and RL. So that's gonna be a show that we're all pretty excited for. We've got an amazing set we're working on. Um, and it, 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 we're taking it day by day because we're in a business right now where shows just pop out of nowhere. Like we've got maybe three days notice sometimes when we've had shows, even on the Delphonic side of things. So really taking it day by day. Um, and um, yeah, so if y'all are in the PA area, September 3rd, uh, that's, you know, one of our big shows happening at the People's Bank Park in York. Um, so. And we'll leave that information in the show notes so that people can get their tickets and support and come out and listen. Um, drop one word what you feel self-care is for you what do you do as a self-care just one word from each and every last person what is like your self-care go-to <laughs> this will sound weird football okay that's not weird football is life i love football too just watching it or do you play it i play i coach i train so like it's it's like my it was like my first love outside of music mm. so that's that's probably my xavier what's your self-care um, I think my kids, uh, my wife and kids are my self-care. Thanks, X. Um, Thanks, X. I'm not that. So let, me, let me retract that. It's part statement. of marriage, ain't it? I mean, it's part of the relief to say that. Hold Mom, on. don't listen to this part. Listen, oh, so, earbuds. So no, but I think them and then also like if we want to take it outside of them. It's like, it's usually probably basketball, which I got to start getting back into. Uh, it's, 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 uh, I'm a little rusty, but. Basketball, if not basketball, my, my wife and kids, that's, that's probably the best answer I can give. Cool. Dahal, what's your self-care go-to? For me, it's, it's golf. Like, I be golfing. Try to golf. Uh, you so be I'm, golfing? Let me find out. Yeah, that's like my that's like my my safe space, almost. You know? <laughs> hey, we're not going to clown him if that's what he do. That's not what we're going to do. <laughs> so, the streets, too. The streets, too. The streets? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. What said they be calling them? <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, that's not. <laughs> but um, well, one, I want to first of all, thank you guys for being with me and to take this interview again. I wish you nothing but pure success, not just because my brother is there with you guys, but just because you guys are individually and collectively talented um, off off, you know, off camera. We were talking about how my connection to each of you guys have been and um you guys are talented. There's just no, there's no denying it. And you guys come from talented families, people who, again, who have been singing all their entire lives. Like singing is just a part of the everyday part. If I go home right now, my mom will have no problem playing a song and expect me to remember, know the notes. Like it's just, it is a part of it. And so I know how singing and influence has, has been. And so I hope that you guys, one, take on the Del the new Delphonics name and do something amazing with that. Um, and that you guys, even as your other group, that you guys really, really like lean into that. And stay and stay grounded because the music industry can be a great place, but it also can tear individuals yeah. collectively and individually as a group, it can break you guys down. So whatever you guys are doing to stay grounded, don't forget that. That's super important. Yeah. 
Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. Yes, thank you. Oh, you guys are welcome. So uh, listen to this, uh, to their songs. We're going to actually put their songs on the actual um, show notes. So go and listen to them. They are quite amazing. And I'm not just saying that they are literally amazing songs. If you want to hear an old school sound blend, that old, you know, when you were singing to your girl, when you was messing up fellas and you needed that song to get back in the house and get him back into the good graces, do you going to hear that? That's, that's what you're going to hear. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful for that because I love a good a good R&B because R&B can lift you up on a bad day. It can do all the things. Hey, so if, yeah. before we get out of here, um, I think we wanted to make an, a special announcement. Um, Go ahead. And if you guys are okay with that. So um, we do have the two songs out, Whatever I Gotta Do um, and Forever. So um, what we are doing next, we're probably not going to drop any more singles, right, fellas? Yeah, I'm not gonna drop any more singles. Um, and that's because we are working on an EP, a five song EP, um, which will be filled with a lot of our old school R&B, um, that, that club kind of feel that, that gets you in that club feel. But then that, like you said, sing to your lady, you know, draws, drop any draws, draws, all the things just don't you marry. So don't get nobody draws. I'm have to come on. you. We just want y'all. <laughs> We just want y'all to stay tuned. <laughs> we just want y'all to stay tuned um, and just kind of keep rocking with us. We thank everybody for uh, streaming, streaming the songs. They're doing very well um, right now, um, which we can't, we can, we can never ask for. But they're doing yeah, the, the our la- our latest release did fifty five k within like the first three weeks. Yeah. First three weeks of dropping on Spotify independently, no label. No, you know, no publishing, no blogs, nothing. Just people going and listening. Um, and I, we were looking at the stats, and like Phoenix, Arizona, and Atlanta are like two of our top cities. So, uh, so we're gonna make sure that Philly gets on the map too, and other places, so that we can make sure you guys continue to climb, get you don't get on them charts. So, well, thank you, gentlemen, um, for your time. And guys, wasn't this a treat? I mean, music is life. And you know how I feel, you know, I've always said this before, but that whatever you're listening to, you know, especially when it comes to music, it literally can uplift you and it can make you, you know, turn from a bad day. And music can be a part of your self-care as well. So thank you, guys. Thank you. So what did you think? I completely enjoy listening to them go back and forth in their banter, talking about being on the road, you know, because again, anybody who's ever been a musical artist, whether you're independent, whether you're a big screen or mainstream, you know how much the, you know, being on the road and touring can do to you as a person can do for your family structure, all the things. So thank you gentlemen for joining me and having these conversations again, because we want to talk about the things that we do for self-care. And we always want to talk about how does music influence? Again, there's even people who do music therapy because it's such an enlightenment to know that music is touching. It touches everybody at every level of life. It doesn't matter what your background is. If you enjoy listening to music, you will be touched by some musical form. So I'm hoping that you enjoyed today's podcast. Also, today is an international beer day. So for all those who drink a 
who love a good glass, a cold glass of beer. Go ahead and grab you one out of your fridge, set it up for you for the rest of the day and enjoy that. We know that the weekend is here because it's Friday. And so with that being said, I want you to find one activity that you enjoy, one activity that fills your soul. I know you have a lot of things going on. We're on our whole, you know, having so much happening this weekend. But I want you to carve out time for something for yourself, whether it's a five-minute activity or more. Find something to build self-care. Go to your favorite spot. Go to a bookstore that you love. Go to get your favorite drink, whether that be a coffee, a tea, whatever it may be. And I want you to go ahead and to enjoy that because it's International Beer Day. The drink of the day is going to be for you to grab your favorite beer for those who like it um, and drink it. Indulge. I am going to go ahead and put a good cold one into the refrigerator because, listen, I try to drink the same drink of the day that I let you guys know because I obviously that's the point. And um, I want you to have a great weekend. Remember, find something that you enjoy that is for you, meaning it's something that you just absolutely love that makes your heart smile and also puts an actual smile on your face. Have an amazing weekend, and we will be back next week with Conversations with Toy. Now, next week is episode 19. This is episode 18, so we are two episodes away to we take our break. So we always go to uh, episode 20 and then we take a about two week break. And I think that will take us to bringing us back in September, which is probably right after Labor Day. So that is going to be amazing because it's going to help, help me to make sure I get the kids ready for school and all the back to school things. But I will be keeping the list of the things that are like burning burning topics that happen while we are on that two week break. Again, that doesn't happen for two more weeks, but when we do, I'll make sure to announce it. And in the meantime, you never know when I do take those two week breaks, you never know when I may put a little bonus episode in, which may be 15 minutes, 30 minutes. It won't be a full episode, but you just got to always have your ear to the ground. Thank you for being, you know, such a loyal, loyal, you know, community of listeners. I don't want to say, you know, followers and all those other things, but just a community of listeners. You make coming to this mic every single time a joy and I enjoy the process and I hope you have the most amazing weekend and we will see you next week with Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.